All right, well, it's good to be back tonight to have a chance to speak. We've had some wonderful guest speakers the last couple weeks, and you'll have another great guest speaker next week. I'm excited for Mama Lynn to be back up here sharing from God's Word. But tonight, uh, we're going to be looking at James 4, 13 through 17. If you didn't already grab a Bible or a handout or a pen, now's a great time to move that direction and grab one. And as you're doing that, I want to ask you to think about a couple things, and, and this will require some audience participation. This is a microphone. Don't be fooled. No, it's a big orange box. But I want someone to tell me, what are you going to do tomorrow? Like, right here. Dentist appointment. Woo, dentist appointment. Get excited. All right, right over here in the front. Yep. I have an orthodontist appointment. Orthodontist appointment. Does anybody else have any dental type work going on tomorrow? Okay, here we go. What are you doing tomorrow, Ray? 11 and a half hours with a lunch break of theater rehearsal because tech week was turned into tech day. Wow, that, all right, that sounds like a lot. Okay, all right, we've heard from some people. What are you going to do tomorrow? Let me, let's look forward a little bit more. What are you going to do for the holidays? First of all, any of you sickos already have your Christmas stuff up? We put ours up today, so I'm also a sicko. Um, <laughs> all right, what are you going to do for the holidays? Somebody tell me. Somebody I've not heard from, what are you doing for the holidays? It could be Thanksgiving, it could be Christmas. Anybody, can no one tell me what you're doing for the holidays? Come, come meet me halfway. I can't chuck that thing that far. All right, here we go. Who's ready for this? Here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. All right, what are you doing for the holidays? Going to Maryland. Maryland. What's in Maryland? I got family up there. Family. All right. Toss it back. Oh, yeah. Nice toss. All right, somebody else. What are you doing for the holidays? This, this is not a trick question or a hard question. Oh, Evan had to get in there and mess it up. I'm going to my grandma's. Aww. Everybody, one, two, three. Aww. Okay. Anybody else going to grandma's house? Yeah, of course. That's a great place to go. All right, one more person. What are you doing for the holidays? All right, right here. Um, my brother's coming back here for the holidays from Colorado. That's awesome. Get to see some family. All right. A couple more people. What are you going to do when you graduate high school? All right. It's pretty close for you, Sophie. What are you going to do when you graduate? I don't know. I just wanted the mic. I'm just kidding. Um, I'll go to college. <laughs> going to college. All right. Somebody else, what are you doing when you graduate high school? All right. Come meet me a little bit of the way, Landis. I'm very nervous about this. Yeah! That's all right. That's why it's a big phone box, everyone. So I'm going to graduate from NYU and become a pediatric endocrinologist. Okay. Flex on them. I see you, girl. Oh, that was... Landis, in the future, you can't flex and then throw it like halfway. <laughs> Love you, though. All right, one more person. What are you going to do when you graduate high school? All right, Jasmine, I see you. Go to college and then go to the Game Warden Academy. Game Warden Academy. That's awesome. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for sharing. That was really cool. Uh, I'll let Eric cut this off for me because I'm just going to set it back here for now. Uh, cool. We're going to be talking a little bit about the future tonight. And uh, but before we really dive too deep into Scripture, I want to share with you what a very famous theologian once said. Does anybody recognize this theologian? That's Mick Jagger, and he said, you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you just might find, you get what you need. There you go, Pete. That's the Rolling Stones, for those of you who don't know who Mick Jagger is, and the Rolling Stones, um, it's a not, he's not really a theologian, although I guess maybe in a way he is. You think about the future, you think what you're going to do tomorrow, you think what you want to do for the holidays, you think what you want to do when you graduate high school. You don't always get what you want, it doesn't always go according to plan. Raise your hand if already as a high school student, something in your life has not gone according to plan. Okay? That, that's common. 
That's common. But most of you have a very similar plan long term. Let me lay out probably the plan that you have in your mind. It goes something like this. First, you're going to graduate. Like, cool, I'm going to graduate high school. I can do that. And then I'm going to figure out some continuing education, whether that's just going to college, maybe getting my master's, maybe getting a doctorate, right? I'm going to do that so I can get a really high paying job, right? I want to be comfortable. I want to have some nice things, right? I want to be able to buy my dream home, maybe get married, maybe have some kids. This is some version of the American dream. And I'm not saying this is bad. What I'm saying is it doesn't always go the way you think it's going to go. There will be people in your graduating class who don't actually graduate. That's going to be tough for them. There will be some of you who, when you start thinking about going to your dream school, you don't get in. There will be some of you who, when you get out of college, you try to find that job, you're going to realize you're not going to make the kind of money that you hoped. And you're going to be scraping paycheck to paycheck trying to make ends meet. You're going to realize, I really wanted to buy that dream home and I can barely afford the rent on this very small apartment and it's not all that I thought it was going to be. What happens when you desire to be married and share your life with someone in a very special, unique way and you can't find that person? Or maybe even after you do and you desire to have kids and love them well, an infertility comes into your life. These are real things. It doesn't always go the way that you plan. You've got this whole vision of your life laid out for the future. And I'm telling you, all of this won't come the exact way that you think it will or in the timing that you think that it will. But it's important for us tonight to talk about the future. This is really, really important stuff. And, and let me just say, if you have already experienced some things not going the way that you wanted or in the future when it does. I want to call back to the very first chapter of James. We've been studying through this book for weeks and weeks. This is James 1.12. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they'll receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Friend, it may not go well for you in this life. Let's just call it what it is. You may have some medical things. You may have some financial things, some relational things. Life sometimes is very difficult. And when those difficulties come, earlier even in James 1, it says count it all joy because then your faith has a chance to endure and to grow. But man, the future is tricky when we start thinking about it. And there are people who are obsessed with it. Anybody, this is a safe place, no judgment. Well, maybe a little bit, but not a lot. You, yeah, I'm just being honest. Horoscopes. Who's Anybody into horoscopes like you're super into it? Okay, yeah. There are some people who like every day their life is determined by their horoscope. If they, if they read their horoscope and it's like, you watch out for comets, they're going to stay inside. Like they're not, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you what all of those are. I know that I am a, a cancer. I think Gemini is right after me and the rest is, is kind of a mystery to me. There are people who will consult with, with tarot cards, stuff like this, trying to figure out the future. Do you know anybody who's done tarot cards? Okay. I've got a throwback for you. This, this is a commercial adults in the room. This is mostly for us students. This, this was a thing uh, a few years back uh, that people would do. Check it out. If you've never had a reading from a real psychic, try us right now for free. Your father had a stroke at a young age, did he not? Right. Did you get strep throat a great deal in your late teen years? Yes, I did. Okay. His eyes are almost spooky, they're so pretty. That would be my ex-boyfriend. The Five of Swords is next to him, and that means that he is away. Yep. 
Did you think Cleo wasn't gonna see that? Oh, I knew you were. Oops. You go, girl. 6'2", probably about 240 pounds, right? Right. He is married to that one, too, and him fool around even more than the other one does. Right. Okay, you know that. He doesn't even live in the same area anymore. He moved, didn't he? Oh, my God, yeah. There is one that you've been flexing your muscles around. Oh, my goodness. You know the one. He's engaged. Yes, He's not married one. yet. I know who you're talking about. Let us amaze you. Come now and try it for free. Call 1-800-914-6499. She had other commercials. She'd be like, call me now. Does anybody remember the Miss Cleo commercials besides me? Okay, a few adults. Some of you are like, what is a 1-800 number? Yeah, so these commercials would come on and you would call in and, and the scam, and I'm going to call it what it was, the scam was if you talk to these people long enough, you, you didn't get to talk to Miss Cleo, you got to talk to somebody in Miss Cleo's network. Um, I, I don't know, if you jotted down the phone number and you call it, that's between you and Jesus, and, but do tell me if it still works, that's interesting. Uh, but they would try to tell you your future. Man, that would be so great if someone could just tell us our future. We'd find such comfort in that and knowing what's going to happen. Um, but this was a scam. And they, the longer they kept you on the phone, the more money you would pay. Let's talk about the future tonight by looking at God's Word. Again, if you've got Bibles, we're going to be in James 4, verses 13 through 17. Uh, Miss Cleo can't help you with this. Your horoscope can't help you with this. I do believe God's Word can. So let's see what it has to say. James writes and says, look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and we'll make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. So James is saying, hey, you've got all these plans for your life. You're going to go do this. You're going to go do that. You're going to knock all this stuff out in the exact right order, in the exact right time. And you think that you've got it figured out. And he says, you have no idea. You have no idea. Hey, if you're someone who wrestles with anxiety and you're just constantly putting yourself into knots over the future, let me just try to help you a little bit. You have very little control over that. But the good news is that God is in complete control, and so we can trust Him with our futures. You don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow. You make all these plans, and, and man, your life could, could go a completely different direction. Your life could be over. There's a lot that could happen. He says your life's like a morning fog. It's here one minute and it's gone the next. Your life is brief. Stop and think for a minute. If you live to be the average age that we live to in America, does anybody know what that is? 13, 13 Pete says. Nope. 78. 78. Uh, I think it's actually a little bit higher for ladies. Go figure. Um, I'm just being real. Guys be out here saying, watch this, and then that's over. Um, but if you live to be 80 years old, 80 years old, you think that's a long life. In the grand scheme of eternity, that's very short. Even if you live to be 90 or 100, your life's going to be over one day like that. It's like a morning fog. It's here, and then it's gone. All these plans that you have can fall apart. I think this passage in Matthew 6 is so beautiful. <clears throat> this is Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? It's this passage talking about how Solomon and all of his wealth and all of his grandeur, he was not taken care of or as beautiful as the wildflowers of the field. 
And they're just, they're flowers. And listen, if you love getting flowers, awesome, more power to you. This is something my wife and I have talked about. I don't get it. Flowers, I guess they're pretty for like a week and then they're dead. I'm like, what a waste of money. What am I doing? Um, I'm, I bought flowers yesterday, okay? I do still buy them even though I don't get it. But my, but my point is like, they're over, they're gone. They're, they're, they're out quickly. Your life's the same way, but God still sees you and cares about you and he's got you. We just need to have some faith. Let's keep reading what James has to say in verses 15 through 16. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretensions, plans, and all such boasting is evil. This verse is an acknowledgement of the sovereignty of God, meaning he's in complete control. He rules and he reigns. Now, you may have the intellectual capability to understand, yes, God is in charge. But do you recognize that authority in your own life? Do you trust that for yourself? You might be sitting there going, well, yeah, you're a pastor. Of course you believe this. I'm sure you could tell me all kinds of pastor stories about it, and I could. But do you understand that God is in charge of your life and my life? He takes care of us. He looks out for us. You matter more to him than flowers he will take care of you. So we want to acknowledge that he is in charge. We surrender and submit to the Lordship of Christ. That's where this all starts. If you struggle, again, with some anxiety over the future, and you're like, how can I have some peace? You can have peace by trusting the person who has authored history from beginning to end. That's where this all has to start. He says, if you don't acknowledge that God is in charge, that he could decide whether you live or you go, you're boasting in your own self. That's pride. You're being pretentious. And all of that is evil. You, you will come to the end of yourself. You can make all these plans and it can fall apart just like that. The last verse we'll look at, it is related and it also kind of stands alone. This really could be its own message. This is James 4.17. It says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. It's easy to go to church sometimes and think the pastors are just going to tell you, don't do this, don't do that, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But there is the sin of omission, meaning you know clearly what you should be doing, and you just don't do it. That's a sin. To leave undone what God has made very clear that you should do. Now some of that relates to this. You should be trusting Him, placing your hope and your faith for the future in Him. But some of this is just the practical day-to-day stuff. Well, how do I know? Well, you read your Bible some, you know what it says. You come to church some, you hear what pastors say. Like, if you are not reading your Bibles, praying, loving your neighbor as yourself, these are things you're supposed to be doing. You're like, well, I'm not doing anything real bad. Yeah, but you're being lazy and you're being passive. And I'm telling you, the Bible's very clear, that's sin. You have to take some ownership of your faith. You can't come in here every Sunday and expect me or Jacob or Lynn or somebody to spoon feed you like a baby. Any of you have younger siblings that you've had to help spoon feed? Here it comes. Open up. I'm not going to do that for you. You are young men and women. You need to go home and open your Bible and wrestle with what God says and pray and say, God, I don't get this. And talk to your group leaders and say, hey, can you help me? You've got to take some ownership of this stuff for yourself. Stop sitting around waiting for someone to speak. You'd be embarrassed. If we all went out to eat after this, and we went to your favorite restaurant, and I came over, 
Come here. Here it comes. You'd be so embarrassed. So why do you do that with your faith? Why do you come in here and just expect Perry or JC or Josh or somebody to spoon feed you? You're old enough now to pick up the spoon and feed yourself. If you're not, that's sin. It's very clear. It's very clear. Now, back to some of this talk about the future. I've told you many times that I think the most beautiful passage in the Old Testament is Psalm 139. You can jot that down or read it on your own. But I just want to highlight one verse for you. Psalm 139 verse 16 says this. You, God, saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God knows who you are. He sees your struggle. He sees your sin. He sees your brokenness. And he's known about it from before time itself. Every moment of your life is recorded in his book. The Bible tells us every hair on your head is numbered. Every breath, every beat of your heart. God knows these things. So you can trust him for the future. Stop trusting yourself. You have no idea what's going to happen an hour from now. God has seen all of eternity. And if you'll just trust him, you can have the peace that comes from that relationship. There's another passage I want to look at. It comes from Matthew 10. This kind of reinforces some of what Jesus was saying in Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount. It says, what is the price of two sparrows, one copper coin, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered, so don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. You matter. You matter a lot. You're like, I don't understand, like, sparrows and coins. What are we talking about? I'm going to lay this out for you. I'm going to break it down for you, okay? Two sparrows, was the, it was the cheapest animal you could buy for sacrifice, okay? It cost one copper coin. That's what we just read. It's also known as an Assyrian. You're like, okay, cool, what is that? An Assyrian was one-sixteenth of a denarii. You're like, this is getting more confusing, not more clear. Okay, a denarii was one day's wage. So if you worked a full day, you'd get a denarii. This copper coin was one-sixteenth of that. So let me put it in some modern terms for you. Minimum wage right now is $7.25 an hour. So if you worked one day, eight hours, you would make $58. You're like wow, that's a lot of money. Or maybe you're like, that's not a lot of money. But you divide that by 16, you come out to $3.62. That's pocket change. Like you can't even eat a Taco Bell anymore. Thanks, inflation. Like it's, 362 is nothing. You lose 362 underneath your chair in your car. It's nothing. And what God is saying is these two insignificant birds, they are your pocket change in value and not a single one of them goes through something that God doesn't see and know in advance. And you matter a whole heck of a lot more to God than a sparrow. These last couple of years have been rough, man. There's been a lot going on in our country, a lot going on in our world, a lot maybe going on in your homes, your schools. And I'm telling you, none of this caught God off guard. Nothing that happened with the pandemic, nothing that's happened with the tension in our country caught God unawares. He knows he sees you and your struggles. He sees how everything going on in your life affects you, your relationship with your parents or your lack thereof, the choices you're struggling to make for the future. He sees you. He knows you. You matter to him. He just wants you to trust him. Stop trying to put yourself in charge and trust him that he is. 
We're going to sing a song, and here's what I want to encourage you to do. You can sing. This is a beautiful song. This is a song that talks about God being faithful and doing for us what he has already done in the past. Reading your Bible, you can see the faithfulness of God all over it, Old and New Testament. And the same God who was faithful to those men and women will be faithful to you. So if you want to sing this song and just rejoice in that truth, that's beautiful. But if you want to just take a few minutes and pray and say, God, I'm struggling with this. I'm working through that. It's a great time to just pray and be present with the Spirit. All right, let me pray for us. uh, And then after the song, I'll come back and close us out. God, you are sovereign. Help that not to just be a statement we make at church, but something that we live on a daily basis. Help us to trust you. We see in your word how faithful you have been, what you have done in the past. God, you can do again for us. Despite our sin, despite our struggles, you knew all of that before we were even born. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. My prayer is that each of us, adult and student, lost person, new Christian, seasoned veteran in the faith, God, that you would help all of us to trust you just a little bit more. Speak to us now, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray.